The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Ladies and gentlemen, it's AEW Grand Slam, and that means we're going to chat all about it here on Wrestling Inc. And have we got a show for you? We've got handshakes, hugs, and kicks to the yam bags. But before we get into all of that, allow me to introduce the team. I am Jack Farmer, being joined by NYC Demon Diva and Justin Labar. Justin after retaining that spar with Labar championship yet again, how you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Probably better than John Moxley, who got uh, dropped on his yam dome uh, tonight. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But I'm feeling pretty good. It's a Wednesday. We had a big wrestling show. Uh, Baltimore Orioles have clinched the playoffs in baseball. My Washington Commanders are 2-0 in NFL. Life is good right now. He's, he's a signing off. What? She just said, peace out. Oh, she doesn't like the football talk. In that case, my it's not the football talk. Are... It's not the football talk. Justin Lavar knows what he says to trigger me. Is it the Commanders? Oh, it's the shirt. It's the Orioles. <laughs> oh, you're not an Orioles fan? It's a, tough, it's a tough reality for a Yankees fan this year. Yeah. Wow. yeah don't tell me about it. Then I, like, I didn't have to go through enough with MJF and all of his Mets. Mark Dom, and now you're gonna rub on my face that the Orioles clinch. I don't care. Uh, let's just move on. Yes, I am. It's the uh, I mean, you were supposed Yankees, to wear pink, anyways. Yankees are one of those teams I have no hard feelings when things don't go their way. So, um, they, they've had too many good years. Once you have too many good years, I don't care if you have a bad year. I don't know what you're talking about, Jack Farmer. They've been losers for quite a long time, and it's completely unacceptable. They haven't won anything since you were probably in diapers. So it's it, it's <laughs> baked into their history now. It's like the Patriots at this point. They could lose for the next 50 years. And That's like, not yeah. how it works. That's not how it um, works. You're a real fan who grew up during those, during the dynasty, the 1998, the best baseball team of all time. It's engraving your brain that if you don't win the World Series every year, it was a failure of a season. So for me, the Yankees has failed since 2009. That's just how it works. I don't care how far they make it. If you don't win the big one, you're Samoa Joe in my eyes. That is the sign of someone whose team has been too good for too long. Is when you only accept winning the championship. Because I'll tell Sorry, you, Sorry, I like winning, Jack. If you Mayor's settle for less fan, than that, that's on you. That's as on a Mayor's you. Okay? Fan, I'll take 50-50. If we get no. better than a 50-50 record, I'm like, sweet. We did it, guys. That's gross, Jack. Just move on. Just move on. Let's talk about uh, someone who never accepts 50-50 win-loss records, Vince McMahon. According to the L.A. Times report, McMahon initially told the board he wouldn't stand in the way of their investigation into his actions earlier. 
Uh, additionally, McMahon reportedly agreed to step down from the board voluntarily with some reluctance, while also claiming that each of the described encounters he had consensual, he had he had had been consensual, and the payoffs had only been a matter of protecting the company against potential litigation. However, by December, McMahon seemingly changed his mind about stepping to the side and sent a pair of letters to the company's board informing them of his intent to return to shepherd in a sale. Uh, he was unanimously voted against by Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, but he used his voting power to get rid of two members of the board and then get himself back in uh, in charge there. The report indicates that McMahon viewed the internal investigation as being disloyal and two more board members resigned in the aftermath of McMahon's return. Since then, McMahon has ended up selling the company. And under the new corporate infrastructure, McMahon remains in power, serving as the executive chairman. Justin Labar, I've said for a very long time, never bet against Vince McMahon. No, I mean, he's he's beat the government. He's beat Ted Turner. He's beat pretty much everybody he's been up against. You know, the he one thing gone, else, didn't he? <laughs> he did beat God in a tag team match. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, like, you know, I mean, he, he was booked strong to go over God. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> <as> a squat. <laughs> I mean, it really was. I mean, you know, <laughs> they always say, you know, nobody does the job to follow the time, but, but Vince is certainly going to try to uh, stand up to that challenge. You know, the, this LA Times piece is more uh, of the same. There wasn't a whole lot of new. We did get a little bit of quotes from one of the board members who vacated, who basically said, you know, I just don't, I don't agree with with those values and the stand by mind. The most interesting, most interesting thing I took away, not that this is shocking news, but to hear somebody of, uh, of, of their credibility say this was they had a quote from a former senior counsel in the sec's division of enforcement who told the LA times that McMahon could face criminal or civil liabilities that may prevent him from serving as a director of a public company as a result of the investigation. So that was the biggest thing I took away is that if, if there are, if there's still investigations and still, uh, firms and special groups, what have you, that are that are following a paper trail, following evidence, following uh, testimony of, uh, of of alleged victims. If they're still doing that, and that means that there's still potentially, you know, li- you know, criminal or civil that could come down on Vince at any point, which then that then by law could remove that would make TKO after removing. That's that was the biggest takeaway I, I got from this whole uh, piece. Same. Yeah, Issa. Um, I I believe that when all is said and done, Vincent Mann's going to run Endeavor. I feel like he's just going to take that thing over eventually. I, he is a freight train. You can't stop Vincent Mann when he wants something. I don't think he's going to like calling someone his boss for much longer. And somehow, some way, I don't know how, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a business mind, Vincent Mann's going to find a way to take over. Uh, most likely, and I wouldn't put it past him. I, I, um, I'm with both of you guys, right? You said never bet against him. I'm with you when this whole thing happened. I remember just thinking, I don't know, they'll, he'll, they'll figure out a way around it and he's just retiring for now until everything cools off or until we figure out the way around it. I do think it's, it's what Justin Lavar pointed out there. I think it's, it's something to keep an eye on. But yeah, it, it's Vince. Nothing shocks me, literally. <laughs> I, I always say if, if someone dared Vincent Mann to make a time machine, I would say, I don't know how quantum mechanics or anything like that works, but I'm going to bet on Vincent Mann. He'll figure it out. I don't know. Somehow, if he wants something, look, his, he's going to get it. Look, it, it, Kurt Angle just had, had this quote in an interview he just did. I mean, Vince's mother lived until she was, uh, or she still, or maybe she still, she, she lived at least until 101. She made 100. I know that. And Vince yeah. has said that he plans to live until he's like 120. Like he, 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 does not, he does not plan on going. I mean, the man's 78 now. 
He'll um, freeze himself like the conspiracy theories around Walt Disney, so that way when they figure that part out, they can bring him back. <laughs> I'm telling you, it'll, it'll be it'll be Walt, Vince, and Austin Powers. If the Grim Reaper shows up to Vincent Man door, Vince Man's door, Vince is gonna give him squashing. a stare. He was squashing too. Yeah, <laughs> Grim Reaper's got nothing on Vince. No one's like, coming. If you want to take me, you gotta take me on a match, pal. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That knock on the door. Hey, pal. <laughs> Hey, pal. <laughs> Move on down to the next street. <laughs> yeah. I, nope, never. I got a workout to get in. <laughs> Seriously. It's yeah, leg day. You know he doesn't sleep. So, yeah, he will have to come to the gym. He goes knocks on the door and he's like, wait, he's not here. Let me go check the gym real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Mr. Man, yeah, he, never bet against him. Um what is with the what is with this new mustache and look though? It's like a cross between Gomez Adams and Vincent Price. Like what is I, he doing? I love it. Just he looks like a I mean, he's a super villain. Come on. Like that is such a super villain look. I mean, if it was a little bit longer, I could see him like twisting it and tying damsels and leaving them on train tracks. That's what he looks like he's the bad guy in every movie, but He's Vince, so it works. I like it. He looks like, he does look like a villain straight out of a telenovela, and I'm just here for it. <laughs> this is a guy who used to not let himself have facial hair because he didn't mm -hmm. want the hair to win. There's this part of me that likes to think that Vince believes that no one will realize he's the same guy from all those years. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's a Clark Kent Superman thing, like, Oh, who's this strapping young man who's never been in business before? That just seems to be the boss of I don't know. It just it's I, I feel like he thinks we'll all forget who he is because of the different hair and we'll move on with it. Very Ezekiel Elias. Oh no, you did not just bring that up. <laughs> the greatest brother pairing in pro wrestling history. Of course I'm gonna remember them and bring them up. Of course. I I just remember. Kevin Owens did such a good job with that whole feud. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> Stike Leather says Vince versus the Grim Reaper in Hell in a Cell. That that's fitting. Um, we're we gonna get we're gonna get Vince X. Remember when Jason we got Jason X from Friday Thirteen and Jason ended up even going to space. That's gonna be Vince McMahon. One hundred percent. Vince McMahon <laughs> will be around forever. Uh, people who might not be around forever. Uh, Seamus, Becky Lynch, and Drew McIntyre. Apparently, 2024 is when all of their contracts are coming up. Justin, we always like to talk about football and things where they have salary caps and whatnot. Uh, now, there's not an official salary cap in WWE, obviously, but clearly there's only so much money you're going to want to spend, and I'm guessing all three of these people are going to want a lot more of it. Do you think this is? we should be on the lookout for some of these people to – depart wwe or is this something where they're just going to resign in a few months and business as usual uh, i don't i don't see becky going anywhere i, I think becky will, will be a full-on lock they'll, they'll, they'll keep her uh, that that is assuming that she still wants to keep going she you know you never know she might say look i've, I've already accomplished all i want to do in my career in these last x amount of years and she's of course the mother so you know who knows so but if she wants to stay i think she'll stay with seamus and drew um you know they're they're you know obviously older um I don't know. Again, it's it, it's do either the it, it's that case of kind of what we always speculate now with with the pending free agent of Edge. It's what it's what do they still want to do versus what does WWE want to do? If, if they're cool with just kind of taking a, a more backseat role to where maybe they just work some live events as an attraction or you know they appear on TV in a feud as a replacement if somebody gets hurt internally and they have to scroll or, you know or one of them or both of them wants to take a 
uh, transition to being a coach at the PC or, or a producer backstage. If, if, if any of those things come about, then I think you can easily see Drew and Sheamus uh, and or Sheamus uh, work something out to stay with the company. I don't think that either of them, I, I don't envision either of them saying, you know, I want to go, um, I want to go over to AEW and, and work that style. Work. But, but then again, AEW has a lighter schedule. So maybe, you know, you know and I, we've already said, I've, I've seen guys go over there that I, I didn't think would. So it's hard to say, but I think Becky would be a lock if she wants to. And again, I think as, as you're always trying to, as you're always trying to, you, you don't want to have the same agents forever. You don't have the same trainers. You always want to keep mixing up. I would not be surprised if, if a Sheamus and or Drew um, transition in some kind of role, especially, especially with now since post pandemic, WWE is getting back on pace with NXT of expanding NXT more globally and getting around uh, the world as they've always envisioned. So uh, right there, I could see Sheamus and again, Drew being valuable assets, whether it says talent scouts, coaches, producers, part-time wrestlers, all of the above. All three of them, uh, Irish and Scottish. So that little part of the world in contract negotiation time here, Issa. Uh, but do you, what do you think the odds are of any of them leaving versus staying? Uh, I, I will be shocked to see any of these three go anywhere. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. I, Sheamus is very, such a staple WWE. I like Drew. I don't know that they'll know what to do with them. And Becky has just done so much, and I still don't even think that we've seen everything from her. Um, if I'm Endeavor, at least, I will try to make the things work to get them to stay. And like you said, there's other roles that they can go into. I am a huge fan of Sheamus' uh, YouTube channel, where he does the workout and features a different WWE superstar personality, because he even had Kathy Kelly on there. And I absolutely love um, some of these workouts are super useful. So I can see Sheamus like, transitioning into something like that, you know? So, so we'll see. You've also had the factor that Becky's husband is within the company. It's probably easier for them to travel together. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see them leaving. But you never know. You never know. Yeah, it would be. They all feel like uh, WWE lifers. And I think there's value to that as well, sticking with the company. Obviously, Drew left and came back famously. But I feel... I get the feeling if I was putting money down, I'd stay. I'd say they all stay. But this is a weird time in wrestling. Things happen, so who knows? Or, uh, or if they don't stay and do any of these roles that we're tossing out, whether it's wrestling, coaching, whatever, they could all just, or two or three of them could say, you know what, I'm done being on the road. I'm done bumping. I'm not going to AEW another company. But hey, sign me on the Legends deal. I'll be happy to start getting that merch and the video game stuff, and and let me be in that Legend status. I'll come back for the, for the anniversary shows. You know, so that could very well be a, a real thing too. Yeah, it's um, that's and I think that's the thing with WWE with whether right now, especially at the mergers, there's just so many pathways there at this point for them that it's hard to imagine them leaving at this point in their careers for a different company. Because I mean, unless AEW offers them just insane money uh, at this point, because I'm sure WWE is going to offer them good money, also. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't imagine. The difference being that great in what both companies offer, but WWE, they've been with them. They're pretty comfortable there and they've got things they can age into like those producer roles or legends contracts and things like that. But again, you never know. Anything could happen. It's, it's pro wrestling these days. A uh, lot of things happened on the show tonight. Uh, Grand Slam, a great show, I thought. But before we get into that, like, comment, share, subscribe, set, put the link into social media. Uh, let everyone know to come check us out. If you're lurking, shout out to all the lurkers hanging out. They're always glad that you're here. 
Uh, if you're watching later, leave a little comment or a five-star review on Apple, why don't you? Uh, and if you're here in the chat, we got Christopher Steichleather. We've got Tornado Anthony Y. Jason, we got Beer. We got Steven Camp. We got uh, we got a lot of Mike Martin, Sergio, Majestic Maria. Oh, we are going to have a fun chat in a little bit. Clay Ford, uh, Majestic Maria, I got your super chat, Jake. And Tornado, I got all your super chats. I'm going to get through all of them. Marie, yours is going to be... Actually, I guess it's going to be pretty close to the beginning because it's about Eddie, <laughs> Eddie Kingston. But um, Tornado Anthony Wyatt with the super chat saying, I'm going to be knocking on Tony Khan's door come November. Care to elaborate? Uh, <laughs> are you selling... Okay. Are you doing door-to-door -door sales? Uh, <laughs> that, that could come off as a bit stockish. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe he's maybe he's doing door to door sales. It might uh, it might work. What is he selling Girl Scout cookies? That's I mean, do Girl Scouts go door to door? I haven't had a door to door Girl Scout uh, come by, but if they did, I'd probably buy everything because I'm a sugar fiend. But uh, we got uh, Jake Oliner saying AEW refs are amateur hour, reckless for letting Mox take another dangerous driver. Refs must count to three, no matter what. If one cannot kick out. Uh, we will talk about that whole situation, obviously, in just a little bit. We'll get into that. I'm like, I, I was curious to see. Imagine, I think it's a good thing that Jimmy's not in this show because he might have just. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy's head would have exploded. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was watching the referees tonight. I'm like, man, Jimmy, Jimmy's going to have a fit. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, <laughs> He's not going to be okay. <laughs> I'm here to put potatoes in bags and I'm all out of bags. That's what he was saying. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna request, I'm gonna I'm gonna book a cameo from him just to request him to say that for us. <laughs> Problem is he does his ref and rant. I don't think that he could rant on this inside of 60 seconds. Oh no, no, no. This is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um we we definitely have some stuff to talk about there he just throws uh, his coffee mug uh <laughs> it's just him for a, a 60 seconds straight just just face palming not even saying anything just face palming the entire time <laughs> so in any case we start the show right uh by the way this show uh just so you guys know i'm gonna gu I, gush i love this show i, th I think aw's been cooking lately but we start with claudio versus eddie kingston title for title we see their teams hyping them up before the match. It's a slugfest. And after unloading the clip, Eddie Kingston gets the win over his longtime rival. Eddie gets both titles and Claudio gets his handshake. Issa, to start things off, we are going to kick it off with the biggest Eddie Kingston fan on planet Earth, Majestic yes, Marie. Look at friend that profile show, picture. Say, Eddie. Y'all knew I was going to be here. I am so happy right now. My Eddie won the big one. He <laughs> helped me out. A huge dark point of my life, and it means the world. Uh, Issa, this felt like a, just a very feel-good moment, Eddie Kingston winning. Tell me about your thoughts on this one. And not only did it feel like a feel-good moment, it was earned. It was deserved. It was the right way to do it, the right place to do it. Um, it 
it, it was it was perfect, right? I love Eddie Kingston. Um, you know, honorary New Yorker, lived over there for over 10 years. And Eddie Kingston is as New York as it gets. He is the guy that will sell you a Lucy outside of a bodega and will kick somebody's ass if you go to him, right? Like that's like I get that realness from him. And I personally thought that if Eddie was gonna get a huge moment, a huge victory, he needed to be in New York. I knew he was going to get the pop. And I got to tell you something. When I first saw this match was starting, I was like, Eddie has to win because you cannot book the show to start this way and completely deflate the crowd by having him lose. Like, Eddie has to win. That would have been a horrible booking decision. But yeah, the match, it was great. It started a little slow, but I see why because they picked up later on. They gave the, they gave the matches time today, which was great. It felt like a mini free pay-per-view on TV, and mm-hmm. I appreciated that. The show flew by. Um Imagine having Willer Yuta as your hype man, so you're bound to lose. Like, I, I'm sorry, it doesn't get any worse than that as a hype guy. But congratulations to Eddie. Majestic Marie, you were the first person we thought about. She was over on my chat for the watch along as well. But yeah, not only was it a feel-good moment, it was very well-earned, deserved, and it was booked perfectly. This was the perfect place and time to do it. Super happy for Eddie Kingston. Yeah, when uh, Wheeler Yuta is your sparring partner, you're bringing a knife to a gunfight here. Um, <laughs> Wheeler Yuta catching all these strays. He's trying his best. <laughs> it did let me know. First off, I like the backstage, and I, li- and I liked the, like, the big hype walks to the ring and all that. But I, it was a little goo- – I mean, I think Claudio just could have been doing it on his own. He didn't need Wheeler in there. Um <laughs> No, it, this was a good way to start. It, it, there, there is no, there is no other and better place to, for this to have happened uh, than for Eddie. Uh, you could see a real feeling of emotion as he shut his eyes and they were, you know, celebrating him. And just before he said thank you to the camera, you know, the guy's gone through a lot. He's fought and you know, clawed in his career. He's certainly not the, you know, he's not your, he's not a guy when you look at it, you think, oh, this guy's main eventing WrestleMania, or whatever, you know. But we've learned about his story at times, and it's a very, uh, it's inspirational story as as Majestic Marie can account for so yeah i thought as as he said they picked up the pace they kind of paced themselves they picked up the intensity and uh you know especially when they threw out the stat that, they, that these two had fought each other 12 times already and their careers and 10 of the times claudia won i was like well damn if you're gonna throw that stat out there i hope the guy eddie wins otherwise like really what are we doing wasting 25 minutes of, of the start of the show just to have claudio beat him when, when it doesn't need to have it doesn't need to have happen so yeah it was, it was a good a really good start and i again i agree with what he said this did feel the way they timed it and things didn't rush. It did feel like a mini pay-per-view in the sense of you got, it was, it was matches. We got a few backstage things, a few, whatever, but it wasn't the fast paced Gaga nonstop that no that time we, to process. Things. Right. Like everything, everything breathed tonight nicely. Yeah. They let everything have its time. So yeah, I thought overall it was a, it was a good start and uh, you know, I'm not the biggest Eddie Kingston fan, but I can see why those who are, I can see why they have this connection to him and, and good on him and good for them. Eddie Kingston give me, gives me the vibes of the friend that every girl has that you go to when a guy breaks your heart. And it doesn't get any better. Like, every girl has that friend. You guys know what I'm talking about. And you know your ex is getting an ass whooping. And that's what Eddie Kingston does. So, like, I don't know that I'm, a, like, the biggest fan of his wrestling, but there is a connection there. Maybe it's a New York thing. I don't know what it is, but he's awesome. So, uh, my, my screen froze. I don't know. Can you guys hear me? I can hear I you. I can hear you. Oh. I can. Your face is frozen. Yeah, I froze. I don't know. My, uh, I can hear you guys just fine. So I'm going to try to do this uh, blind. But I want to say about <laughs> what I love about Eddie Kingston is he, like, especially watching this, Claudio is obviously just a wrestling machine, and he's so good in there. But Eddie, like, he just has so much emotion when he's wrestling. And, like, you feel how angry he is when he's in there or how passionate is he, he is about winning or how personal this is everything he does 
just like heart on his sleeve. And it's just so, it's so cool. Like it just, I don't know, it works so well. And it, I, by the end of it, I was really, really rooting for him. And I just, it, it was very cool that he got the win and I'm, I'm happy for him and I'm happy for Majestic Marie as well. On uh, a less, on a lesser level, I guess I would view Eddie Kingston kind of like, um, you know, kind of like on the mid-90s when WWE really tried to let us know who McFoley was. You have a guy that doesn't look, again, doesn't look like a, you know, doesn't look like a gym rat, doesn't look like somebody that they traditionally put on the posters and, and what have you. You know, looks, looks, quite honestly, looks like somebody just, again, straight off the street, but again, not in the way that, that, that you would think they typically would be marketing. But he has right. such, a, such a story that is real and, and, and a connection with fans. Uh, I feel like, and part of this is just because AEW has so many talent so much talent all the things we talk about they don't always you know follow through on stories i feel like if they i feel like if they kind of followed the blueprint of the way wwe did the sit downs and told the story of foley and 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 told the story of the faces of foley and what inspired them all i feel like if you did something like that to eddie and if you really committed to it i mean yeah. I'm not saying, you can't just let it all of a sudden disappear for three or four weeks if you did that i think that would actually only would only help the the, the eddie kingston you know personality they could yeah. go in that direction. We'll have to see what kind of a reign this is because we do see a lot of transitional champions in AEW, sadly. So and now we, we got the win. I, I want it to, book, to be booked strong and for it to be long-lasting. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about a segment we got after this. And it was it, <laughs> it's becoming... This, I can't believe I'm saying this. Roderick Strong is one of the most entertaining people in pro wrestling right now. We have... A hospital visit. The kingdom's thanking everyone for all their help. And then Roderick screams, Adam! <laughs> Adam Cole shows up. And he's oh like, where is he? Like, Open your eyes. And then, I'm right here. Open your eyes. <laughs> and, then, and then he slowly starts, like, elevating his, his bed. And it's making his noise. Uh, the the noise. The bed, the bed cracking just took me out it was so slow and it was making all of these noises and i don't know if you paid attention to the prayer but they were praying i hope to have a neck as strong as yours please like it was everything about this work it was a fun segment i was i was here for it i'm sorry i i I, this storyline is growing on me it really is it's something justin i want you to talk to me about how sometimes we we kind of decide if a wrestler has charisma or character or all these things or if they're just plain vanilla or whatever we're going to call them and then something like this happens and it makes you sort of rethink who they are and how talented they could be and i don't know now i'm thinking about who are all the people i just wrote off as like oh they're just wrestlers that are actually talented it's i don't know it's a it's a crazy thing i want you to talk about that and then while you do that i'm going to restart my internet okay very good (laughs) uh yeah no it's um you're right. You know, Roderick Strong, it was somebody who you kind of would think is like, oh, he's kind of just one of the generic guys who, um, you know, is this there as part of Adam Cole's entourage, whether in NXT or whether here. I mean, I think what MJF even calls Roderick, you know, what like g- vanilla or generic, whatever, he uses one of the terms. But yeah, you yeah. give him give him the situation and um, all of a sudden now, yeah, I mean, like the, 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 the noise of the bed cre- creeping up as it reclines. That was the down. best part. And then it was so slow too. And yeah. it- we all being in that hospital. That's the sad thing. Is like we all being in that. Yeah. Hospital. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, like I, yeah, I, I to to Jack's point. I mean, there's probably others, and this is this is where it makes you wonder. Like, oh, it's just a matter of just giving, like, again, story. Like, I mean, matches are great, bell to bell's great, work rates great, all that's great. 
But at the end of the day, what's going to move the needle and what's going to move talent and elevate them is when they have time to be part of stories. And, and right now, uh, Roderick, you know, I agree. Roderick Strong is one of the most entertaining, uh, one of the most entertaining guys that that they are and girls they have uh, to put on TV. And I've also been truly enjoying the kingdom here. I think they're really they're really gaining momentum behind the storyline. It's funny that Jack comes back, but then he immediately makes the exact same face that he was doing when he was frozen. So I can't tell if he's really back or not. <laughs> I'm just going to look like that. And then when you guys least expect, I'm going to go, bah! <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys had a really great conversation about Roderick Strong in that scene. Anyways, I was... I had a smile on my face the whole time that scene was like everything about it just clicked for me. It was yeah, just, it you was always funny. have a smile on your face. I do. I will, for the most part. Yeah, I do. But it was <laughs> like, it was just hilarious, hilarious. The whole thing and the timing, I gotta, you gotta give Roger, Roderick strong credit. Like the timing, like the way he just sits there, like not moving slowly, raising up. I was like, click, 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 click. I was click. also a huge fan of what you mentioned with the open your eyes. I'm right here. Because if you remember <laughs> the ending last week, when he was screaming it, we hear Adam Cole say, why are you yelling? I'm right here, bro. And I, I love the little, they're paying attention to the little details. I appreciate that. It's it's just so, so good. Um, and we go from that to another fantastic, funny character that has just taken over the world for me is uh, Christian. He's backstage. And it's like, I love how he's like, yeah, yeah, there's a tag team match coming up, but I'm challenging Darby to a triple threat for our title. Justin, this is sports entertainment magic. The idea of the champion, the guy who's kind of pretending to be the champion alongside him. He's not pretending. Him, he versus, is the champion. He is, Justin, can, can you sort this out? <laughs> no, it's great. Again, sport. What I just said a minute ago. Bell to bell wrestling is good. The moves are good, all that stuff. But again, it's story. It's 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 talk you into the building. It's it's give you something memorable, uh, and the wrestling's always secondary. That that look look at it all. Whether it's Hulk Hogan and what you're gonna do, brother. Uh, you know whether it's it, it's 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 Shawn Michaels, whether it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, John Cena, Roman Reigns. It's what it's what they say. It's how they say it. It's what they look like. It's how they do it. Like, all those things come first. It's the music. It's what they do in the end. All those things are the first. That's what pe when people pay the tickets. When people pay the tickets, they want to hear the music. They want to be part of the catchphrase. They want to be part of all that stick. The wrestling is secondary. The mm -hmm. the wrestling is what ties it together. But it's the people pay people. You know, like I mean, when Stone Cold Steve also at the height of his his career at that point he'd been dropped on his head with a broken neck and he had two bum knees. Uh, all of his great, great technical wrestling was gone. He was down to punches, middle finger, Luthez press, and a stunner. Uh, but people didn't come for um, all of that. I mean, they came to be, you know, drink some beer with it and do all that, but they came to hear the glass break. They came for all the slogans. They came for all the catchphrases. It, that's what it is all about. And that's why I harp on with AEW. Like, yeah, it's great if Tony wants to make all these great, you know, matchmaking and wouldn't this be a great combination? And we got this star from Japan and it's a never before. It's, it's like, but that stuff, that stuff only computes to a very narrow lane very yeah. narrow lane right now i am so excited to see christian in the ring not because i want to see him do his kill switch or whatever the hell his stuff's called it's because i it's because all the talking and and, and referring it to a handicap match by accident when he meant to say i love that you know, the little, like, thief, the the little, little things matter. that's what makes it hit yes yep. and, 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 and 
and no, no, nobody's dad was hurt in the process of this uh, backstage so far. segment. So, so far, as of right now. But at least for this backstage segment, everybody's fathers were safe. Uh, Issa, this is something, and we'll talk about a few more of them throughout the show, but it feels like since all, all in, all out, those big shows, obviously there was some drama backstage, but since then I, I, I keep feeling like AEW's clicking, but also it feels like over the past few weeks, maybe months, they've just brought in these characters. And by, by brought in, I don't mean they signed them, but like we'll talk about Tony Storm in a bit. Christian, we've got... Uh, uh, Jungle Boy was doing his thing for a little bit, but Swerve, you've got uh, this Roderick Strong thing, Adam Cole and MJF being friends. Like They have just created like a whole new roster of very fun characters very say quickly. It, say it, of sports entertainers, and it's beautiful, and you love to see it. I'm, I'm a big fan of when Justin preaches because I fell in love with wrestling because of the the, the, the spectacle of it all, the storylines, the drama. Every time somebody tries to ask me what it is that I like about it, I'm telling them I'm watching a novella, but at the end, people beat each other up instead of getting married. That's the difference. And I love that, right? So when you're just getting the beat up part without the part to get there, it's, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm here for a, for a technical match here and there, but I love the storylines. And I do agree with you. There is... This is the first time in a while that I can sit here and tell you, wow, I'm really behind this storyline and I'm really behind this character. Wow, these people are gaining momentum of me as dumb as I thought it was in the beginning. We're letting it play out and it's working. Credit where it's due. They're really doing a good job. And maybe it was overwhelming to book these two humongous shows, but they have taken a step back and it's making a difference. Even you mentioned that Hangman and Swerve, I know you want them to be friends, but I'm here for that story as well. We didn't even get to see any of that. The fact that they also have things in the backseat for collision a two-hour rampage that they're taping right now we'll get into Sammy Guevara and Jericho I'm super curious about where this is gonna go um credit to them because they're they're trying to sports entertain us and that's all I crave uh we got a couple of super chats here the tornado Anthony Wise says tune in Saturday November 4th someone might be heading to collision it sounds like unless there's a NXT PLE that day? I don't know. I'm guessing collision. Uh, but uh, then Terry Allen Jr. saying, hobbies you enjoy, Jack, when I get free time. I, I'm like a normal dude. I like to play video being games. Being happy. Music, being happy. I just like to I like to hold hands and skip through flowery fields while rainbows uh, are above my head. And, uh, In a unicorn? Riding a unicorn? <laughs> riding a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I picture you like that? Like, uh, technically, it's a Pegasus, but... Uh, right? No. <laughs> I picture you, I picture you doing the dance number to Age of Aquarius like at the end of Forty Year Old Virgin. I get to see you just you know frolicking around. I like I like to picture my Jack Farmer wearing a tuxedo T-shirt because he says like he's serious, but he's also here to party. Serious but here to party. <laughs> I am a living mullet party. <laughs> the living mullet. I love that. Please make that your bio. <laughs> From the guy with the best hair. I know. Uh, so we got uh, Jericho versus Sammy Guevara and Montezzi raps for Sammy as he comes out and Sammy Guevara flies you all over You know who I thought place. about when that happened? LaVar, because I still have that song on my Apple playlist. It was a banger. I mentioned it on my watch alone. He knows. Well, let, let's just get into it. So Jericho wins the match. Uh, Sammy Guevara, they hug, and then he kicks him in the, in the, the two amigos, kicks him in the... The giggle berries, the love spuds, the boyos, the kiwis, the man orbs, the hanging onions. 
But I want to hanging talk- onions. <laughs> I want to talk. They should not make you cry. <laughs> well, if you get kicked in them. <laughs> but <laughs> but Justin, you, I want you to just tell the story about uh, your musical background with Montezzi. Well, no, yeah, there, okay. there you go. Issa's got it. Yeah, no, uh, I first met Montezzi uh, almost a decade ago, and uh, yeah, he recorded a song for my podcast, Wrestling Reality. And 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 it's a great. You can actually go on YouTube. You can just type in my name, his name, wrestling reality, reality check. Any that should bring it up. Really good song, great beat, great for the gym if you're looking for something to pump you up. And, and yeah, he and we were uh, the first time he unveiled it. We were actually in Brooklyn, uh, SummerSlam weekend, and he and he sang it and did it there. And then he, he did it in New Orleans with us uh, for on a Mania weekend. And yeah, it was a great. And then and then he's you know he's since has continued to rise and a great success. He's working with you know he does a lot of collaborations with different AEW talent. He's on Swerve's podcast, so it was very cool to see him uh get that stage time uh there in queens and, and getting to do what he does he's a, a very very nice guy he, he he's one he's one of those guys you know like this this is this gets thrown around in, in society but i truly do believe this by this guy he's one of those guys that will give you the shirt off his back if, if, if you if you're if you need anything he he will help you out and a uh, really good person so happy to see him uh get some screen time hopefully it continues to lead to more I, I feel very fortunate. I was able to chat with him twice uh, on podcast because he's we have a good mutual friend, Evan Mack, who was on the bump for a little bit. And uh, he did a podcast. We happened to both be on. And yeah, just a, a big wrestling fan. Great music musician. Like cool to see him just have, you know, get to be one, have the song, but two, get to come out on Dynamite. Really good guy. So really cool to see him out there. Um, Issa, I want you to talk about what happened after the match. And obviously when... Sammy Guevara kicked Jericho in the bait and tackle in the dude eggs, the nards, the nads, the gonads, whatever you want to call them. Uh, twig and berries. The twig and berries. <laughs> um, the twig and berries is a low hanging fruit, but I think <laughs> but Issa uh, also Forbi- forbidden fruit. <laughs> but Issa, make it stop. <laughs> your, your thoughts on. Sammy Guevara joined Don Callis and maybe old Daniel Garcia not being too happy about it. Didn't even thrust dance once. I, I was disappointed we didn't get a thrust dance. Did you hear the crowd pop when they show like Daniel Garcia? Everybody was waiting for the dance. Um, uh, before I get into the end, it was a great match. Like some of the things that Jericho is still doing at, at, at this point in his career is so impressive shout out to him there is a little bit of a part of me that wishes this would have happened before the match tonight just to have a little bit of heat going into it because i found myself not feeling as invested other than oh this is gonna be a banger it's jericho sammy guevara right um and it's like really funny because i was saying how Sammy has won me over as a nice guy watching his vlogs and then he turns heel <laughs> when i finally <laughs> call him a nice guy they turn him heel I'm very curious about where it will go. Great match, fun, but him joining Don Callis, Don Callis building this crazy army, I think it's interesting, and I want to see where it goes. Yeah, Justin? I was going to say, if you want some Daniel Garcia dancing, there's some video floating around online that uh, apparently, obviously this is when they were done filming. This is, when the, when the, this is obviously when they were not live tonight for Dynamite. Uh, they got Daniel Garcia has Tony Khan out on the ramp, and uh, they got Tony Khan to do the Daniel Garcia oh. dance. Oh my God, that that so, is must see. Uh, that, you say you, must see. I'm over here thinking things I never need to see. <laughs> well, let's say once you see it, you can't unsee it. Tony I'm looking Khan, it up. 
Tony Khan doing the thrust dance. I got to see. I got to I gotta check that out. But uh, question for the chat and question for both of you. Issa, you go first. Better dancer, Prince Nana or Daniel Garcia? <gasps> That's not even fair. Got to pick. That's not even, oh, God. I just saw it. Thanks a lot, Justin. Um, <laughs> Tony <definitely> Khan. <laughs> yeah, Tony Khan wins. <laughs> I'm going to say Prince Nana. Prince Nana. Justin. Prince Nana, Daniel Garcia, better dancer. Yeah, yeah I gotta go with Prince Nana. I, you know, I wasn't like, he he didn't do much for me uh, recently, but then but then lately these 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 gift worthy uh, dances, I got I gotta give it to him. Um, and, and yeah, I, I love the callbacks to the Jericho, Shawn Michaels. I, you know, obviously, yeah. from, you know that that they, they said about they said how the jacket that Sami came out as was basically calling back to the Jericho jacket that he wore when he went against Sean. And then of course the ending with the, the nut shot, like I, I, I love that. I, I like, uh, and, and I do, I will say this. I like the fact that this is where it is cool in the AEW world is that they, is that they obviously acknowledge that obviously wrestling was around before them. And so they can, they'll acknowledge, they won't say WWE, but they'll acknowledge that Jericho had a match against Shawn Michaels. They'll acknowledge that old Bret Hart <laughs> skit. That they parody like I do. So I do like the fact that they acknowledge, you know, because I think that would be ridiculous if they tried to just completely act like that never, none of this stuff ever happened. So I think it's nice that they incorporate it into their history or, or, or allow it to be incorporated and they don't, you know, have like certain terms or words that they can't use because that's, that, that, that does seem kind of tone deaf. And what's cool about it is if you didn't get the reference, it works. Like if you never saw the Jericho mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels thing, the match was still great. It, it yeah. didn't like make, you didn't make it weird. You, there's I love that you brought layer. that up because it's the right way to do Easter eggs. Acknowledging the fact that some people might not be familiar or old enough or whatever with the story that you're trying to tell, make it work and, and also give a nod to those people that understand exactly what you're referring to. Very well done. Yes. And, I, and I'll say this with a match. I thought, uh, first of all, I like the ending. I love the Sammy going off the top and Jericho countering it with the, with the code breaker knees. And, and that was it. Because that's what the finish should be. Once I saw that move hit, I went, oh, well, and I was like, please let that be it. Because, you know, too, too many other times I would see matches where it'd be a kick out and they try to do four or five other things to try to top that. And it's just like, no, that's good. Um, I got to say, though, just to call it out, though, I, I like the story of what these guys are doing. They obviously have a ton of history, Sammy and Jericho. Did it was it just me or to feel like it was Jericho was like a little winded towards like it's, it felt like they started yes. going in, in slow motion and yes. I and I, I I didn't know maybe I was like again back to what we said in the opening match I was like maybe they're pacing themselves maybe it's supposed to be this but then after a while like I was actually a little bit concerned I was like I hope they're okay I hope they're I okay noticed out there that, yeah it was noticed and, and some people obviously my watch channel were pointing it out in the chat as well okay I, my my one if I had to critique and look, I love, I, I love this match. I love the show, but if, if I did have to point out one thing, and this is something I think Jimmy would say, uh, the timing was a little weird in this one where the first match was so emotional that this one, because from a story standpoint, it was just two friends being competitive. It felt, even though it was a great match, very low stakes until after the match was over. If that makes sense. it's like, yeah, you know, they're friends and they're being competitive where right? I just watched this one where it was too, hated rivals just battling tooth and nail uh so it felt a little bit like if it wasn't right after that maybe i would have felt differently or if i knew about don Callis, i would have felt differently but going into it it felt like this is fun but it's also just two friends um if that makes it i was more waiting for the end because i knew something was going to happen at the end and so it's more like okay what's the end gonna who's be who's gonna who's gonna turn yeah yeah 
yeah. Um, in a vacuum on its own, it was great. But if I had to like pick the thing, I don't know how you fix it. Because they the had to have a turn here great. because we had extremely way too much sportsmanship. I'm not here for all friends wrestling. So I'm glad that this didn't end on a handshake and somebody freaking turned heel because there was a, there was way too much handshaking and hugging tonight. There was a lot of handshaking and hugging yeah. tonight. It's why I loved this episode. Friendship. <laughs> um we move on to what is probably the most talked about portion of the night, unfortunately. John Moxley versus Ray Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix starts off hot, but Mox cuts him off. Uh, Phoenix continues to fly. We get a stomp by Mox, which gets the crowd singing Rollins' song a little bit there. Then the ending happened. And uh, Justin, I didn't go back and rewatch anything. I don't know what ha exactly happened. I don't know where it went wrong, but... Clearly something went wrong here, and I guess I just I hope Moxie's okay. Yeah, of course I hope he's okay. I, I I almost tweeted it as it happened, and then I saw him continue, so then I just stopped. because like, well, maybe, you know, maybe it's not relevant. But before the bell even rang, you know, because they fought outside a little bit, before the bell rang, Phoenix dove off the ramp over the cameraman onto Moxley. When Moxley took the bump onto the floor, his head dribbled like a basketball. And it and it and so much so Phoenix then rushed over on the ground while, while still trying to sell and like checked on Moxie. Ref never did, which that kind of threw me and bothered me a little bit. But and so that caught my attention. And then and then to follow that, they get in the ring, the bell rings, and like commentary's even saying, and of course you can just chalk it up to oh Moxie selling, but commentary's even saying he looks a little like. And I was legit worried. I was like, is he all there? And then they do the match, do the match, and then yeah. So then the, then this ending happens, and to where they do where Phoenix is a driver on Moxie, dropping him on his head. Ref counts one, two, and then the ref is clearly expecting it to be a kick out. Doesn't go to three, complete, and every you know tries to make up some you know to see if shoulders on the mat. All you know, trying to save face. Fans know it, and then Moxley hollers something at the ref. They get up and they do the exact same move again, and they count to three. Well, first off, so yes, if Jimmy was here, I'll go ahead and say what I know Jimmy would say. I've sat in Jimmy's training classes. I know that this is one of the first things Jimmy trains refs on. As a referee, you count. It's up to the talent to kick out. Your only job is to be consistent in your cadence. As long as you're consistent, it's up to them to know when to kick out. That's my problem. That I have a lot of AEW referees. Is I can easily tell that it's not the finish because they they have a certain different cadence that they have when they know it's not the finish because they don't they're they're so afraid of that happening. They're so afraid of accidentally hitting the mat and the talent not kicking out. One of two things, but by, by my deduction, one of two things I think happened tonight. The first is either the ref somehow didn't know that that was the finish. You know, he knew Phoenix was going over, but that wasn't the spot that he thought it was, that that was the ending. So he didn't go, want to go for the three, and they said, no, this is it, and they just got back up and did it again. Or, and I fear this one, if it's if it's, it's, the, if it's number two. Number two is Mox got his bell rung enough that he wasn't all there, and he wasn't there to, to kick out in time or had a momentary lapse of memory or was legit blacked out for a second or two. That's what I fear. Now, yes, he did walk out as we're being, as they told us in commentary and those there live are saying, but just because he walked out on his own feet does not mean he does not have a concussion. I'm not saying he does, but that doesn't, you know, so that's what worries me is he got dropped on his head several times or, or his head bounced off the floor several times. That's my concern. Give the guy the damn vacation already. It's been a year. Yeah, he definitely deserves that vacation. And, um, you know, I was on commentary for a match one time, uh, WrestleMania weekend, and this exact thing happened. I mean, it wasn't an injury. It was just uh, the ref didn't know it was the end. And so they counted. He didn't count. And it was clear the guy didn't kick out. 
So then he does the count again and it's over. And it was very weird and awkward. And so now since I've had to be in that situation now, I'm much like Justin said, just count to three. And if they don't kick out, well, that's something for them. They're going to get yelled at, you know, put it on them at the worst case. Uh, but then if there is an issue, at least it's over and you can move on. But um, easy for me to say when I'm not the one in the ring with a bunch of people looking at you and cameras and stuff. But uh, Issa, we got a new international champion. I don't know if that was the original plan all along. I don't know what the situation is. Obviously, I just hope that Moxley's okay. Any any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Ray Phoenix, super impressive, some of the things he does. But this, this match was rough. This wasn't the only rough spot. And if you go back and watch it, I mean, Mox was landed on his head. It looked, it looked rough, right? There's a part of me that really wanted that ref to come to three because, yeah, like you said, put it on the talent. It, it just didn't look good. It took completely away from the fact that we have a new champ. You just brought it up after we've been talking about this for like 15 minutes. I don't think this was supposed to be the finish. I, I, more news will come out, but I, I, I personally feel like, well, they should have left the title on Orange Cassidy. They were planning to take it out of Moxley this fast. Like, nothing about this made any sense to me. And, and Ray Phoenix kind of, I don't know where, I don't know. I think a lot of things went wrong here. And I can only hope that Mox is okay. I, I, I do watch channels and I come straight here, so I haven't had time to kind of like scroll a little bit and see what it is that's being said. But it just felt like this is not how this was supposed to go down. And I'm with I'm with Lavar. Give him the vacation. This guy was supposed to go on vacation so long ago. He hasn't. Recently, he was in the news because he said that he has the arthritis or the body of like a 70-year-old man. He said if wrestling was in the mornings, I couldn't do it. And then you see him still go at this level. And it, it, it becomes a little scarier when things like this happen. And you already know that these guys are just like out there in all of this pain. But yeah, I personally think you took that, you built Orange Cassidy streak for so long with the title on Moxley. I don't think that the plan was for Moxley to drop it this fast. There's no way that he was meant to be a transitional champion after Orange Cassidy had it for that long. Something went wrong here, and I can only hope that Mox is going to be okay. Yeah, well, well, hopefully, good news will come out um, soon. In the chat, I see people are saying there are reports of it being a concussion. Um, I'm always hesitant to say things like that on shows like this before i know for sure because medical stuff is pretty important but um hopefully we see good news soon uh we did get another championship match after this tony storm versus soraya for the aw title tony gets shoes from under the ring and she knows how to use them soraya uses spray paint and tony storm plants a kiss but it's soraya getting the dub and retaining her title isa this was uh to again tony storm didn't win here but has just been a treasure on television with this. I don't know. It felt like it came out of nowhere, but I'm here for it. This new character. It's working. Did you see all the signs? There was, I saw all kinds of watch for the shoe sign, this and that. The entrance, a thing of beauty. She's playing the character to the max. At one point, you know, Soraya's on the outside. Ruby Soho is checking on her. And you see her do the dramatic. Oh, my God. You know, like, she is It's working. Everything that she's doing is working. I did not want to see Soraya drop the belt on her first title defense, so I'm okay with the result here. And because Tony Storm is so over with her new character and gimmick, I don't think that losing here hurts her. So again, I know we're giving a lot of credit. People, they can't complain in the comments. We're being awfully positive today. This was very well executed, and I'm here for everything that Tony Storm is doing. And I'm curious to see who Soraya's next opponent is going to be. So this worked. Yeah, Justin, this Tony Storm, I think, is someone who 
with the character she has could do any like I, I hate this phrase but she does not need the title she can do whatever she wants and it's going to be entertaining where i definitely think that Soraya is establishing herself as a champion. I will say, unfortunately, I'm a big Ruby Soho fan. She seems like the odd person out in this case from the outcast. But what are your thoughts on uh, this segment? A lot of it hit with me. <clears throat> you know, I, I agree. I like the Tony Storm entrance. You know, it felt like very much like my man RJ City would have. I think he should be her a representation. Um, I like the entrance. I like the character. Again, going back to what we said earlier, and, and this is talk, talk about a reverse. When Tony Storm was in WWE, in NXT, again, she could she could work in the ring, all that, but she didn't really have that much of a character that that stood out or that you could really define or that or that had an entrance that you wanted to see that stood out, uh, head and shoulders. Now she does. That's right. the stuff that makes the difference. So yes, and she, I agree. I don't think she needs a title. So I liked I liked the match. I thought it was perfectly timed. Didn't wasn't too short where it felt disrespectful. Wasn't too long where it felt like okay, we don't need all this. Right in the right time. Um, I agree with with Issa. Soraya should retain uh, right now. She should hold on that title for a little bit. Uh, I think this this hit this hit on all the buttons for me. So, yeah, good good stuff. Hopefully, they continue to give more time to this women's division. I think they are starting to get a lot of really great characters in there, and they're getting a lot of stuff to work with. Obviously, the goal is that they get the time. That's what we ask for each and every week. And so, hopefully, we get more time, and hopefully, we get a few more of these great characters on TV more because they definitely are starting to get like characters in the women's division. I think that's so important for them. Mm -hmm. um, we get to the main event. I will say somebody oh. brought it up in the chat. I apologize. Leonard brought it up in the chat. We were talking about that on my, on my stream as well. Who was the heel? Who am I supposed to cheer for here? I will say that is the one thing that was kind of lacking because they still have established Tony Storm. She's a heel, right? She's throwing shoes. She's doing, she's using the spray, but so is Soraya. So I did think that we need to kind of like now define who is who or, or what side of the fence they're on. This is going to be a very Jack Farmer answer and some people are going to like it and some people aren't. But I think when you're asking who is it, like who do who's the heel, who's the face, and you don't know if it feels heel versus heel, just stop. Don't think about how they're listed internally or the, the business side of things. Just ask yourself, in my heart, who do I like more? And I think we'd all, I think if you asked everybody, oh. We'd all say Tony Storm. To in like, my heart. He just said in my heart who my I heart. like more. That's the cutest thing you <laughs> might have ever said. <laughs> so I think Tony Storm is the answer. She's the she's the face. We all, like who doesn't like Tony well, Storm? Well, that's what I would assume. People were cheering for her, etc. But she has heel antics. If we weren't if, if we weren't gonna get static media sued, I would totally queue up Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On right now. <laughs> that absolutely feels like what needs to be yeah. Yeah. To be fair, last time that song got played on a big production, a guy named Jack froze to death in the middle of the ocean. So not sure. You froze earlier. <laughs> yeah, you already been there, done that, Jack. So we're good to go. There's room on the door. On the on, I, door. Do, do we do we have? Let me see. Let me see. Do we have anything? Uh, don't let go. Jack just pouring his heart out. As, I'm just gonna drift into the ocean now. Yeah. <laughs> There he goes. What is this? What is this? There he goes. Just thinking. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, we got Sheldon Jackson with the super chats. Bring us back on. Thank you, Sheldon, by the way, for getting the train back on the tracks. Uh, saying, I think Tony Storm as TBS champion would add to her character because she is a TV movie star and the TBS title is the TV title for the women. That's actually a very good point. It's a valid point. Yep. Fair enough. 
Um, Jack, uh, in the word of Ron Simmons, damn. <laughs> uh, so we get to the main event here, and MJF is uh, he, he first off, he rolls up in, in a beautiful car, but then, then uh, Adam Cole gets called away for Roddy. Which I don't know if that was supposed. You're not to- gonna die, Roddy. Did you catch him saying that? <laughs> I die laughing. <laughs> well, I don't know. Was that supposed to be happening before Adam Cole got to Roddy, or did- I mean, it doesn't really matter. But like, I yeah, wonder. If there I, was yeah, supposed- I see your time because you would assume they would have timed it differently, and then Adam Cole shows up at the hospital, right? Like, I, I, I see what you're saying. That's what I thought. I thought it was supposed to be MJF and Adam Cole show up to the building, and then. Adam Cole leaves the building to go to the hospital. Yeah. But that's... they weren't in the building. That was, they were clearly not outside of Arthur Ash where they were. Where, they wherever, the where, I don't know where they were. But yeah, yeah, but I, I thought the same thing. It, it was weird to see Cole again right. then going off to Roddy when we already saw him with Roddy in the show. Well, I did. I, my takeaway from this was it was a beautiful Porsche. I like the color. However, I laughed at the you're not going to die, Roddy. But NJF had that. And again, one of the things that I love about NJF is the little attention to detail that he pays. And he had that I'm so over this BS face for a slight second. If you, it was like if you blinked, you missed it. And I like seeing that NJF might not put up with this Roddy thing for much longer, which adds another layer to the story. And Justin, before we get into this match, I want you to just... Talk a little bit about that segment uh, with the kid and the throwback to Bret Hart. Yeah, so for anybody who uh, doesn't know the reference to this, you you can probably find it pretty easily on YouTube, but it was a a 1994, I believe, uh, promo that WWE used uh, to to ring in at the time called The New Generation. It was when Bret and Sean were becoming the new stars of WWE, you know, Hogan, Macho Man, all of them had left for WCW at this point. And it's, yeah, it's famous. It's it's his dad with this kid in a hallway, like backstage. And then he's, and this kid sees Bret Hart and just yells, Bret! And the camera zooms real up on Bret all the way down the hallway. And he turns around and, you know, he walks to the kid and gives him, I think he gives him sunglasses. And, you know, it was, it was you know, and it was meant to like usher in the new generation. And, and that, 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 that B-roll, that that visual of the camera zooming to Brett real fast has been used in every Brett montage, every Brett Hall of Fame career celebration. So it's pretty well known. For, even if you weren't alive or watching wrestling, then you've, you, you've seen the visual that it's, that it's parodying. So I thought it was a great touch. Uh, but even if you hadn't seen it, kind of like what we said earlier about the, the throwback to the Jericho uh, Shawn Michaels, even if you haven't seen it, it was still just a funny standalone segment. Uh, even if you didn't know it was parody and something that that MJF kind of you know acknowledges acknowledges his fan uh, and then <laughs> whispers in the fan's ear something about him probably being adopted, so uh, you know nice little spin uh, MJF spin on what's supposed to be a feel good uh, moment a connection with a superstar and 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 young fan. Yeah, we see a, a few people talking about the mean Joe Green coat commercial. I think the Bret Hart was a bit of a play was a bit off of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but uh, that bit, the Bret Hart thing, a uh, little Jack Farmer history. That was one of the things that made, I thought Bret Hart was one of my favorites growing up of all time as a kid. Like that, he was my guy, and it was one of those. That was one of the things that got me into it. I would have, to this day, maybe I think I would kill someone for a pair of those sunglasses. By the way, I. I want like I wanted them so badly, but uh, so it was really cool to see that. Uh, we get the match, and uh, after he tells the kid he's adopted, um, Max plays the whole neck injury situation up. Then he gets DVD'd on the apron. He gets pile drived onto the floor, and you're not gonna believe this, but he got slammed through a table. 
Urinagi. <laughs> so, uh, in any case, though, uh, MJF fights through it all, and Adam Cole comes out, distracts the ref, so MJF can use his tape to choke out Joe, and they end with a handshake, and MJF is still your champion. Justin, this was just a phenomenal. Like MJF, he, you know, this is another guy's line, but MJF doesn't miss. No, I mean he he he's. It's right that he's the world champion. Uh, I it was a great, it was a very entertaining match. Um, no, he he's the he's their world champion. He carries their company. He is to me. He is that he is their top dog. It goes back to what I constantly say. If he. I can't imagine he's truly a free agent come the start of the new year. I cannot imagine Tony Khan is this nice and naive in the wrestling business that he's allowing this guy to have this kind of a run with his company's world title and he doesn't have ink to paper. It, yeah, I, I you know, I had this conversation the other day with we had it with, with, with you know with Matt Coon and everything about you know you know with, with Jay Cargill and what, why did why did they bring her back to TV just to have her lose a match with why do you like, let her be out of sight out of mind if she's going to the competition. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, and maybe Tony Khan's a nice guy. He wants to do right. I don't know. I had hoped that he, I hope that he has AEW locked or uh, uh, MJF locked down for AEW for the long term because MJF is a guy that can carry your company for the next 10 years. Uh, great match. Uh, you know, the, the match was really good. I mean, he ended up doing what he promised. He ended up choking Joe out. I don't know why the ref didn't do the whole hand thing and check on Joe. That's usually what you do with, with sleepers, but the refs. Because he did it for MJF like literally yeah. three minutes before. I, well, AEW referees. Um, that kind of gripe me too, to be honest. But, but and plus, it's it's the drama. It's the drama. You you that's the e that's an easy drama. Let the the, the hand thing because because then you do one, you do two, and then you're expecting Joe to hold it and fire up. And then when he doesn't, it's the oh my god, he just choked out Joe. But they didn't do it, and and nobody can and, and, and nobody can tell me oh it's because and they, they were wasted. Sh- and they wa- yeah, you were going there. Because, you were going to say they wasted they were, four minutes of nothing. After. Right. It's not because they were up against time because then they ended the match. It's ten o'clock Eastern time. And then they hung around and let Excalibur do his entire rundown of the next 55 shows. He's doing the rundown. I'm figuring, well, somebody's about to come out here because they're just stalling. They're just, they're waiting that time up. So I don't know, but whatever. It's the referees. But nonetheless, good win by MJF. All, all things considered, though, that it did make the ending feel a little like, I, I guess I just thought, I guess in typical AEW fashion, I thought there would be a, another bang. But they just kind of mm-hmm. let, the, I guess they just let the AEW uh, world champion win breathe and that's that's okay too Mm -hmm. that's fine too i'm all right with it on this day no not yet but uh isa you talk to a lot of wrestling fans and they give you their opinions on things and i gotta ask you this question and justin maybe if you want you can give your opinion too have you ever talked to a wrestling fan isa that was not a fan of samoa joe no I think Samoa Joe is just universally beloved and over with everybody. You just cannot not like the guy. Yeah. Um, he's amazing, well-spoken, looks like he's going to kill you, could lose all of these big matches, and you're still intimidated every time he shows up. I talked about it last week. You can insert him into any storyline for any title at any moment, and it's believable, it's credible, and you are invested, right? NJF, in my opinion, needed this. A lot of us like comeback NJF, heal NJF, and I, 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 I respect what they're doing with NJF and Adam Cole, and it's getting over, but it's not for everybody. And some of us, and I'm including myself, missed a little bit of the more comeback heelish MJF, and we saw little seeds here and there that he's still that guy. Even, even the faces that he made when he put on the ring, it was like all NJF and you pop huge for it. You're not supposed to pop for that. He's about to cheat. And I'm over here like, yay, he's back. 
Um, but at the same time, Samoa Joe is just absolutely amazing. And one thing that I will say about NJF here, and we, we talked about it earlier, is that NJF is so good with the character work, whether it's as a face, as a heel, like drawing the line, that nobody talks about how good he is in the ring. And the names of the people that he's kept up with and put incredible matches against. Like, we talk about how he can carry the company on his back for 10 years. That's just based on character alone. But, like, in the ring, look at the names that this guy has gone against and the matches that he's pulling out of them. This was a lot of fun. I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think Samoa Joe gets hurt from losing a match here, but he is becoming the guy that never wins the big one. Not by default, but if you go back to what he was doing in WWE outside of NXT, he really didn't do anything big in the main roster. It was a waste. Um, but yeah, overall, this was fun. I like the shades of heel and JF here and there. Like, he still got that instinct, and I think he's going to come out eventually again. We'll see when. Uh, a little bit of a waste of time at the end, but let it breathe and let him celebrate. I didn't like that we didn't have him in All Out. So it was it was nice to see this title defense in New York. The crowd loves him. He's so over. He did deserve to go through that table for wearing the Met stuff, but what are you going to do about it? <laughs> the, the, uh, there's a lot of people that were talking, Justin, about Adam Cole and how maybe he hurt his leg jumping off of the mm. ramp. And I just want to say to everybody, I can tell how old you are by how much you make fun of that. Because once you reach, you reach a certain age, jumping off of things like that, you you worry about hurting your leg when you jump down. When he when he jumped down, he started limping. I was like, well, yeah, you can't be jumping off things that high, Adam Cole. Come on, what are you thinking? Yeah, you well, know that you, it's funny that you say that because when I had my last birthday, my dad made a reference and he was like, oh, this is when you start bending down and you can't get back up. And it happened to me one time, and I'm like, no freaking way. Well, and, and, and he and he was running down that ramp, and I actually could see him running kind of gingerly. Like that ramp must have not been. You know, it, it's 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 it looks like an LED board, so it's not a lot. Of, not like there's any traction right. for you to grip your your shoes into. So it's kind of like yeah. walking on like a sheet of ice, uh, you know, and let alone running. So yeah, then he like he wanted to get off the ramp. He's like, you know, f this noise, and he jumps off because he couldn't get to the steps. And yeah, I saw him kind of hobbling. Um, so thank God he didn't have any physical spots he actually needed to do. Uh, yeah, and just back to Smojo real quick. You know, Joe hits all the beats, and I, he added he added something tonight I had never heard him do. He had that like Joker maniacal laugh that he was doing after he was dropping Max on his head and yep. on his back and everything. And I was like, oh, if this guy ain't scary enough, let's just have him laugh like that. So he picked. Yeah, I, I always wanted Smojo to create an app where he's just like threatening you, and it's just messages that you can play when you feel like the motivator when you're at the gym or something like that, and he just get you to know, get right back to work or finish right. your workout because he will make me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where they go from here. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, MJF's retained. You know, he he they shook hands with Joe, so that seems to be done. You know, MJF and Adam obviously are still bonded together. There's still the Roddy factor, so you you know you could see him. You know that that's still a story to play. Um, you know, and they I don't have those tag team belts too. So they have the tag belts. I mean, you know, I, I think you can get away. You don't have to have because of what they already have announced and what else they could announce for Wrestle Dream. I don't think you need MJF in a singles match, but you know, maybe you have MJF and Adam in a tag match. So now I think again we're looking at now we're going probably to November to full. Is that that's full gear, right? They were probably looking at November. For the next big MJF singles world title match, I wonder um, if they'll do um, better than you, baby, against um, the Kingdom without Roddy. Obviously, that could, could that could be that could be titles. that could be Wrestle Dream. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's kind of the beauty of where they're at is Samoa Joe obviously still lurking, but you also have 
you could do Adam Cole, MJF. You could do Roderick Strong, MJF. You could do a whole bunch of things within there, too. That You could do Wardlow, MJF, if you wanted to, like, get I mean, Wardlow some TV. Wardlow back. Um, so there's there's a lot of stuff they could did do. Did I say there. that out loud? A, yeah, and I and I wish they did. I, I or no, say he's the last guy to no. NJF lost after that, but it was a tag match. But he's the one, last one to pin him in a singles match, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, I, I would I would love for them to revive that. Warlock could come back in a whole different attitude and, and talk about how he got that win and nothing came out of it. And look at NJF is now. You never beat me. That would be incredible. That would be a. That would be a challenger. He could just walk through the curtain and be a legitimate He challenger. has that history, you know? Yeah, 1,000%. And, and, and credit again to Samoa Joe and MJF, who, like, just completely made this work. I was so invested into the student. It all started from Samoa Joe just shoving him as he was making his way to the ring and, and bringing the throwback. Like, they really built an interesting feud in a matter of two and a half weeks. So it can be done if you're booking back-to-back -back shows or shows close together if done properly, because this was great. Yeah, this was, uh, now we're kind of to the end, and um, I want everyone in the chat, let me know what your overall thoughts were of the show. Um, but yeah, as we go around, I guess I, everyone give your thoughts. But Issa, I thought this was a absolute banger of a show. I feel like I, I said earlier, all in, all out happened, and since then it feels like a whole new AEW. I feel like the pacing is different. The time they give things is different character work is different i don't know what changed i know everyone will say it must be a cm punk thing i don't think it's a cm punk thing i just think that something changed and i feel like they've just been firing on all cylinders since those shows but what was what would you rate grand slam and where can the world find john line yeah i will definitely give it an eight out of ten this was great and it hasn't been just tonight they have been really trying to develop some interesting storylines and characters and i give them all the credits but man Tonight pays beautifully, and the and the most negative thing that's that's to be said about tonight's show is not a negative. Somebody might have gotten hurt. We don't know what went down, and that's the only thing that left everybody like, whoa, what was that? You know, and it's that, and that's the Ray Phoenix and Moxley match, and that could have been a, a medical injury there. So that's that's the only thing that left me. And it wasn't a bad match. It was just a finish where you're just like, what just happened? The match itself, another banger. So shout out to them. This was an excellent show. Uh, and people can find me obviously here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Also, NYC Demon Diva throughout all socials. Also, on YouTube. I am now on Cameo, Lucha Libre Online for some Spanish content. I am trying to take over the world slowly. We're getting there. I'm going to pay to get a cameo from Issa having Sorry. her praise the Baltimore Orioles, and I'm going to even give her some some phrases, some some rally songs to sing. That is going to be money well spent. I'm going to I'm going to raise the price of my cameo tonight just so he doesn't do it. I'm going to have her. I'm going to have Issa talk about how friendship is the most important thing in combat sports. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to delete my cameo immediately. <laughs> I, I, I somebody requested it and they email me and they, I, I I fill out the application. The first thing I thought I was like. Somebody probably requested me on Cameo just to pay me to talk crap about Roman Reigns because I, I, I have a feeling he might have been a prank or something. <laughs> hey, if they're going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, come on. <laughs> Justin, overall thoughts on the show and where can the world find you online? No, I thought it was a pretty good show. I thought I thought that uh, AEW delivered again. They, 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 they let everything have its time. It breathed. It'd be memorable. Uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about the screwed up finish in the Mox match, but 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 overall, I'm glad we're at least talking about stuff that happened out in the ring, and we're not we didn't we're not coming off a big show talking about CM Punk and 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 what he did or didn't do backstage. Uh, so that's a win for AEW. I thought this was a good show. Um, 
so hopefully they, they build they build off of it and they got they certainly have other stories to build off of it as we've as we discussed uh, different parts here yeah at just the bar across the socials uh monday wednesdays i'm here fridays mornings busted open sirius xm spar with the bar uh i talked about it briefly monday i'll say it again uh, my guy david allen he was doing when for all you old school labar fans when i was doing chair shot rally and i was in a suit every single week on camera i had my guy david allen who did all my suits who did my ties uh you know he started with small small time labar then now he's the stylist for john cena now he's a stylist for pat mcafee now he's a stylist for wardlow now he's a stylist for uh go down the list of a lot of uh, professional athletes he's doing one i walked in his very first fashion show i'm walking in this fashion show next month here in pittsburgh there's tickets you can get if you want to be part of it. There's some streaming if you want to be part of it. I'm going to be there. I hear Wardlow might be there. I hear some uh, some some people who uh, always uh, are, are up for a new day might be there. A lot of athletes. It is going to be a hell of a lineup. Uh, I'm just going to be I'm just going to, I'm just going to be happy to be there. Uh, it's going to be very good. I, I will give you all the information if you hit me up on socials of how you can support it, how you can follow it. If you need a suit, if you want to look as good as John Cena or me. I can give you that information too. So David Allen clothing, that's David A L A N clothing. Uh, so big shout out to him and my guy who's been very supportive of me from the very beginning. I'm supportive of him at Justin LeBar across the socials. Uh, it's, but this, this, this has been a fun, this is, it's a fun time right now to be a wrestling fan. WWE's got some stuff going on. And this is all in the ring. Forget all the, forget all the outside nonsense. Some fun stuff going on right now. It really is. We're kind of spoiled. Like we forget. I always say, like, go back. I think it's like 2018 when it was like rough. For, like there was, I think uh, that I always say. I think we talked about it on Monday the uh, when the McMahon's came out and apologized for how bad it was. I always think of those days and how much better it is right now. It's crazy. But if you anyone does have the chance to go check out that show, if you get video of Lavar walking, you gotta you gotta share it. Was, there's video. There's video of the first one. The, the, the first one, Jonathan Coachman was the host he was the mc so coach brings me out i'm out on the stage i am rocking a brand new suit look pretty good it's the best i've ever looked go 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 figure when you give me a tailored wardrobe and a makeup team that's doing my makeup and what little hair i had at the time i mean i was i mean i had i was i had the tan going i was it, it's no way give me a team i can look good and so when david allen gives me a team i can look good and so i'll look good again next month for one night only so everyone i want to see i want to see i want to see Labar modeling. I, I want to see him do his best Zoolander uh, while he's out there. But uh, uh, thank you to everyone who joined us. Mike Martin, Clay Ford, Casey J, Stephen Camp, Swerve Show, Max Feldman, uh, to Tornado Anthony White. Did I say Clay Ford already? Killer of Demons, 669. Monkey Armada. I haven't seen you before, but thanks for joining us. Uh, and everyone else, appreciate you. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Uh, and my next thing you can check out is prestige wrestling on Sunday. I'm going to be on commentary for that show and getting to call some awesome matches. We got breeze taking on speedball, Mike Bailey. We've got Lee Moriarty versus Jonathan Gresham. Lots of cool matches there. It's going to be on IWTV. Check it out on a Sunday night. It'll be a fun time. That does it for us. Make sure to follow at wrestling Inc for all your latest wrestling news and be sure to check out the after SmackDown show on Friday. That does it for us. We'll see you next time. Yeah.